Hey, before we get started, wanted to say thanks to a couple sponsors that keep the show on the air. Physical Therapy and Balance Centers. They were created by PTs, especially for PTs in private practice. On average, a private practice who joins the physical network grows more than 40%. So if you're ready to discover how the largest network of PT private practice owners are growing and adapting to industry changes, visit physicalfranchise.com. That's F-Y-Z-I-C-A-L franchise.com. And our friends from MW Therapy, they want to know, hey, have your EMR costs grown out of control? Has your current EMR hit a wall? Or maybe it was invented in 2007 when smartphones weren't even a thing. There's a time for something better at times now. MW Therapy. Take a demo now at mwtherapy.com. That's mwtherapy.com, where switching over your EMR is easy. And our friends at CBDRX for you, your CBD store, get the ABCs of CBD at CBDRX4U.com. That's CBDRX, the number four, the letter U, dot com. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This is the PT Pinecast. All right, welcome to PT Pinecast. They say uh, the best conversations happen at happy hour. Welcome to ours. Uh, we say we have great physical therapy conversations so busy PTs can feel connected to their profession. Excited for today's episode, Tony Ferrara, Jeff Conan Bell. Welcome back to the show, gentlemen. Thanks hey, for having us. Uh, I want to start out with an opinion question. We'll go Tony and then Jeff. We looked back at the analytics, right? Because everything's data these days. And the episodes we've recorded with both of you or Tony or where the topic is about what we're going to talk about today. Why is there such a buzz around CBD within the profession of physical therapy are some of the most listened to. I mean, like multiple episodes are in our top 10, top 15 of the last two years. So my question, I would love to know subjectively, since we have the objective data, they're most listened to. Tony, we'll start with you. Why do you think that is? It's a buzz. I think it's just like a vacuum, like a knowledge vacuum. Um, and obviously policy, um, stigma, all of the stuff that goes into it um, is, is a part of it. It's probably a multi-prong answer. <laughs> but uh, I think yeah. ultimately what it comes down to is like the lack of education and, and resources put into it um, have left a big void of like how to utilize this stuff and um, the, the knowledge of it within the industry. Um, it, it's just lacking. And, and I think the thing that I always think about is like, we see such a good patient outcomes. People want to know why and how to utilize that and how to get the most out of that um, outcome. And we just don't really have the tools at this point to <laughs> go in and, and talk about it from a society, I guess, at this point. I think you're right. I think there's going to be multiple, multiple reasons in terms of perfect storm, a lot of different spins on the ball. Jeff, what do you think? Uh, I'd like to think it's because, Tony and I are so entertaining, but <laughs> that's probably not the right answer, right? So, you know, when I give presentations, I tell people that the science hasn't caught up with the reality. And the reality is, this is new, quote unquote, you know, some people in the industry have been in longer than others. But for many people, as Tony alluded to, uh, are very uneducated, uh, all things CBD, all things cannabis. And so it's new. And it's a, it's a change, right? And change always brings about curiosity. 
But if you look at other things, you know, that were contemporary in physical therapy, whether it's been dry needling, obstructive blood flow, cupping, kinesiotaping, research came out rather quickly and caught up and told us where evidence was. In this case, it's not our research that's catching up as fast as outcomes of patients. Those N of one, right? Your neighbor, your uncle, your friend, this worked for me, I feel better. And now we're lagging behind to say, how did that work? And the laws are even changing before yeah. the science is changing in many cases. Yeah, I think that I think I think both of you bring up some of those points and there's probably some in there. I think some of you some of it is definitely Tony and Jeff being uh, terribly charismatic and intelligent. <laughs> um, it's something that's you know you new, right? I'm using air quotes too, but it's all it's also confusing. It's it's confusing. It's a little bit unclear as we go among states and amongst professions, and it's terribly intriguing. So you have confusion and intrigue, and that definitely brings about uh, attention. People want to know more, so they will seek out. Uh, resources. And that's why we say, you know, cbdrx4u.com. I tell people all the time, find the ABCs of CBD because it's if it's confusing, go to what we say is the stable datum, right? The thing that we know to be true. Go back to what that is. What do we know now? So since last time we talked, Tony, we didn't talk that long ago. Jeff, it's been a, a year and a half, two years. Um, what are some of the changes that have occurred? Let's catch people up. Let's be very clear and intentional. Where, where do we stand now, April of 2022. Yeah, I mean, I think the the bigger push is that, at least in the hemp space and the CBD space for us, like CBD is now, you know, sort of dwarfed in some ways by some of these other cannabinoids that are extracted alongside them. And at least for us as a group, we've, we've decided to sort of pair a lot of these compounds with other plant actives and sort of try to get to the bottom of this issue that i'd say issue but cbd seems to work on all these different fronts um and for a consumer that comes into the store if they don't have a targeted reason that they're going to try to find out a product they sort of get lost with all of the different options and different ways that you can utilize cbd or hemp and i think for us what we've been trying to do is target these things like we call them need states, basically, like, you know, exercise, uh, recovery, sleep, recovery, um, just wellness and well-being, immune support, like all of these different categories that we see exactly what Jeff is saying, where you see good, positive outcomes. We're just trying to build a product around those ideas, utilize the research and the synergies that exist in, in plant, um, plant deliverables at this point. And, and and those targeted um, cannabinoids that are not CBD are starting to become more and more relevant and and start to over over um, perform in some cases um, than just generic CBD stuff that we were doing before. Jeff, how would you how would you you know recap the changes since last time we talked, or you know where are we now? Where are we where where are we you know with with recent current history? Yeah, well, first to piggyback what Tony said. Um, what he described basically is the vitamin approach that everyone's familiar with, right? You take a certain vitamin uh, for certain conditions where you might be deficient, or you take the multivitamin, if you will. And that's what we're learning now is, um, you know, people like Tony are working in the lab and identifying different cannabinoids and their functions. I think you're going to see a lot more of this in the next few years. Um, from my standpoint, we've actually made some some great strides on the education front 
uh, Jimmy, you know, two, three years ago, every proposal I would submit, uh, it was, it was a little bit of persuasion to get to the podium at a conference and speak on this topic. And now, for example, just last fall, uh, myself and, uh, Dr. Jim Ferris, we presented at the Educational Leadership Conference in Atlanta on how to integrate this yeah. into curriculum. Need to. And, you know, that, that's groundbreaking to, to speak in front of the educators and get them to change something they're teaching in a curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and honestly, really, the, the goal that we had, obviously, with education in general, but it was that this is not a one-hour lecture that you squeeze in three years now. This can be integrated right. from anatomy and physiology to pharmacology to ethical legal to rehabilitation, you know, socioeconomic. There's so many different things to think about now uh, as we're getting into this space. And more people that get educated, the, the better we'll have people understand and how to interact with the patient. That is a, that is quite a triumph in, in terms of uh, where where you're presenting. I think I think it comes to uh, the masses first, right? There's the people who are out there with their fingers on the pulse. I think uh, I think the the space is called Twitter. It's been in the news recently in the last 24 to 48 hours. I don't know if you guys caught that. Um, and then if you can get to the educators, because the researchers were on this, right? They're snooping around this for for they're they're already on it. Then it gets to the masses. Then it gets to the educators who now go, where are we gonna? The question is always, where are we going to put this? So the fact that they're asking that, like, hey, come educate us so we can decide where we put this, that's got to feel pretty good. Yeah. You know, it's, Tony and I lost our bids to buy Twitter. But we'll stay in our space here where our expertise lies. And uh, no, you're right. Uh, the interesting thing is, uh, and Tony, I'm curious your answer about this, but what I'm seeing is, you know, senior citizens, who are tired of taking multiple medications and um, finding solutions to their signs and symptoms that they're dealing with that is preventing them in life from doing, you know, everyday activities. And our students are the most interested in this. It's the people in between uh, the clinicians and especially the educators who are slower on the learning curve and adapting uh, the knowledge base of CBD, and for that, example. And, and that's what, what I've heard too. And that's where I think some of that intrigue of why these, these episodes definitely pop is people are getting asked questions. Sorry, physical therapists in clinic are being asked this because of that thing we like to say. We spend so much more time with our patients than some other healthcare providers get to. So people feel comfortable. And then they want to ask, they're like, hey, you kind of know stuff as a PT, right? And you're like, yep. Feel free to ask, and they ask, and you want to make sure you're educated. So I think people see that and they go, ooh, I've been asked that three times, and I have that feeling deep in my stomach, which is like, I know a little bit, but I got to be able to explain it. So as a clinician, when you're being asked that question, you've got to know it real well because you're going to get follow-up questions. So you better be able to think laterally. Hey, we we started the presentation with three short video vignettes, and they were the same question asked by a patient. So the patient said to the clinician, my neighbor and friend gave me this jar and they said it will help with my pain. Is this true? And the first vignette, the the clinician said, I have no idea. Ask them what it's for. And of course, you don't want to be that physical therapist who has no idea. It's embarrassing. Uh, The second vignette, same question. And this time the clinician freaked out and said, oh, my God, that stuff's illegal. You shouldn't have that. Uh-huh. Uh, of course, that's the wrong answer. Right. And by the way, they were holding up one of Tony's bottles of CBD. Uh, <laughs> and then the third one was, 
well, you know what? Let me take a look at this. Let me see if there's a QR code on it. Let me read what the ingredients are in here. And let me try to educate you a little bit about what this product is about. And, you know, that's clear as day where we sit as clinicians in our responsibility and roles to educate the patient. Yeah, I think I think the another like confusing, confounding variable to this is sort of two fronts that I'm thinking of too is like the mechanism on the endocannabinoid system itself is very undereducated. Like it's just not taught yet. We are getting to that point. And I think once that is understood more, then then people can start to really understand how this stuff works in, in practice. And then the other thing that's sort of happening is recreational marijuana has this other wave across the country and and these are two palpably different ideas you know recreational only utilizes one cannabinoid really and that's thc and that's the piece that gets you high and that's the part that you know has some uh you know utility and pain but if the way that it's designed is really just trying to target people that are enjoy high thc products and we've identified early on that that is not the target demo for, for, uh, you know, the people that are in severe pain that are older, younger, whatever. If you're trying to manage your, your, your symptoms throughout the day, um, THC can be debilitating. So, um, you, you know, I think the, the, the system that it actually works on itself and then this new wave of, of recreation has sort of confused the, the hemp market as well. And some hemp people, some CBD companies are trying to act like rec people when really what, what the outcomes are that we're seeing the most success are, are daily wellness stuff that do not contain much or at, even in most cases, none at all THC, um, Delta 9, which is the part that, like I said, is the psychoactive part. And I was at your, your website, right? Get some com, And, and uh, that was one of the questions that must have popped up enough for you guys to put it as a frequently asked question, which is, will CBD cause me to fail a drug test? And I learned because I read, that's how you learn, um, that there is uh, not to exceed 0.3% THT by dry weight content. Yeah, that's the definition of what makes hemp. Um, Unfortunately, I mean, Jeff, we know this, you know this very intimately because we have good relationships with the testing side of things that um, the the methodologies for testing varies widely, but the the standard test that's out there can most of the time not really differentiate between CBD and THC. So huh. the, the drug testing part of this is definitely something that's cautionary. And I know there's a bunch of CBD groups that are like, you know, let it fly and all that stuff. But that for us, we're very cautious about it. Even if it has zero THC, we're not going to sit there and say you're going to pass a drug test. I mean, it's one of the bigger issues out there is um, is testing for sure. And we're trying to make moves as much as, as you can, but that testing industry is very slow moving. There's really no incentive for them to right. figure this out, you know, monetarily. <laughs> Just right. puts more liability on them and it's a lot more, you know, work for the, the chemists to figure that out as well. No, so. no incentive remote. It's amazing for them to get better or faster at all. It's just like they just sit, right? Um, let yeah. me ask you this. If someone wanted more information, if someone got that question that Jeff was talking about, those three vignettes, where should they go if they were like, I want to understand this a little more? Where would where would you send them? Where's a great resource or somewhere that you'd be comfortable going? The information you got is great. 
I mean, I usually send them to, there's a nonprofit company called Project CBD that I love to go to. Um, it has all of the articles that are in the research Rolodex re related to whatever topic. Um, it's nice. I don't like to really point them to our website <laughs> right away because it's just like, feels like you're selling a product to them right. at that point. But Project CBD is great because it leads you down the pathway of understanding all of the different um, research and, and updated um, resources for that. And, and like I said, they're a nonprofit. Um, they don't really, I mean, they're starting to get into like selling products and all that stuff now. But um, it, it, it's really the, the first place that I send a lot of our customers and, and they appreciate the the approach of, of looking at all the literature overall and, and taking a look at uh, the different um, ailments and things like that around that stuff. Like they'll have a whole section on each topic that you can think about and, and its relationship to CBD. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great question um, because in, in this space, there's really no absolute and um, you want to be careful. So I, I would agree with Tony. The first place I would look at is, a non-for-profit website, but even that's not absolute. You don't know the you know the motive behind it, but for the most part, it's going to be a little bit more objective, if you will, and neutral versus a, a for-profit that's you know incentivized to sell their product. And and they may be a hundred percent accurate on the information they put on there, um, but there's certainly a bias of um, what what they're providing the reader. So it's important to be really really cautious. And and I would put that out there too because. One of the things we're starting to see now, uh, and I think it's good, is more and more people speaking at conferences, uh, smaller and large on this topic. But the thing that scares me, to be honest, is um, they're, they're also relatively new to this. So what they don't know, they don't know. Right. So they're sharing information. It may be accurate, but it's, it's limited. Right. And, and so, it, you know, it, this is a really difficult area. Uh, you know, I've been doing this for four and a half years now, honestly, and I'm learning something new every day. Yeah. You know, and Tony shoots me stuff all the time, articles to read, this and that. And we come from two different aspects, right? He's coming out of the lab. I'm coming out of the clinical site, the classroom site, the research site. And um, the information we're trying to connect on what's important. And, and that, I think, is the challenge because if you start all the way from how does this work in the endocannabinoid system, all right, we already talked about the challenges there. We're still trying to figure it out and go put up a slide on that uh, at a conference. There's anybody who wants to sit in that room, except people like Tony who understand it a whole lot better than anybody else right. uh, to, to see that. Um, but then you're starting from there all the way to the clinical application. So we have a long way to go. And I would just caution anybody who's looking to learn or especially those looking to present. Don't get overly excited when you know a little bit about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, be open-minded that there's so much more to learn every day. It's almost yeah. more dangerous, right? If you know a little bit is you can get you, people can start oh, to, dangerous. you know what I mean? Like, right. That's, that's like the social media, like danger is when someone knows a little bit and that can be real dangerous. Tony, what were you going to say? Yeah, I think, I think that's really a good lesson is like, that's where we are in the landscape of things. So be very cautious. Like, like Jeff is saying, like, if a, if, a, if a website or a claim or something is completely absolute, you have to be very terrified. <laughs> we, yeah. we, we are simply yeah. not there yet. Um, you know, like, for example, like um, patient populations, like, you know, a specific one that we're looking at um, in, in one of our clinicals is looking at PTSD and severe 
um, anxiety-related traumas and, and how, you know, if you were to make a blanket statement about a cannabis product in its relationship to that, it, we just don't know enough um, about all the confounding variables, what type of anxiety, how does their specific endocannabinoid system interact with different cannabinoids. It, it's a giant puzzle and none of it is super clear. <laughs> um, and that is the, I think that's where we are. And, and so if, if you understand that, you might be actually ahead of most people that are trying to jump all the way ahead to making absolute claims about PTSD and anxiety, for, for example. Yeah, it's the great. And if, right. if you take it a step further, even if you're comfortable enough to say, this is the CBD you should take for this, uh, the whole question of dosage comes into mm-hmm. play. And, you know, I challenge anybody to go ahead and do an internet search on dosing and tell me what you come back with. Uh, there are some crazy anecdotes out there that are certainly not what I would put in a slide and advise others to follow by so with that, with, with, with you with you talking about that, Jeff, if someone asked after you presented at a conference, where do where do physical therapists stand in terms of advising patients? Where 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 are we in that? Answering, guiding, like what is it? Yeah, what a great question. It's the gray area, but you know, the good news is, all honesty, Jimmy, the adverse effects have not been shown of great concern. And, and so this is one of the things Tony and I, you know, bang our heads against the wall about because um, product sales are going great with, you know, next to no reported adverse effects. And so the risk just isn't there uh, when you advise. Uh, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to be transparently honest with you. I mean, all of us talk about this start low and go slow dosage type approach. And um, many people that I've worked with, we've taken that approach and gone for, say, six days and then stopped. And then if you stop after, you know, on day seven, it's not anything magical, but you'll notice already if you were, uh, you know, benefiting from some changes in your system. Uh, If you don't notice any change, well, then maybe it's time to increase the dosage or change what you're using. Um, It's it's just more of a, a very experimental clinical approach right now. Um, you know, we are advising, we're not prescribing. Right. You know, that was really, you know, yeah. People can buy, people can buy a product anywhere from in, in Tony's amazing stores to Seven Eleven. And granted, there's a big difference between right. those two. Um, but, but we're not, you know, writing a prescription or giving them any kind of approach from that standpoint. So we're educating and we're advising and that's within the realm of the scope of practice. And so I was. Tony, do you want to chime in? Like, how do you how do you advise? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, we we obviously have to stay away from all of that stuff. But you're exactly right, Jimmy. There has to be some answer that you give <laughs> to someone right. who walks in the door about it. So, yeah, exactly what Jeff's saying. We usually get them on try to figure out the form factor that's best for them, whether that's a gummy, a water soluble to add to like their tea or something, or or just the oil that you put under your tongue. Once we get there, then then it's all about which mixture of cannabinoids do you want to start with and then the milligram level. And in general, we just put them on a broad or full spec that has a bunch of different cannabinoids in, see if you get you know, some good response there. And, and exactly what you're saying, start low, titrate up, go off of the product after you know a couple of weeks or whenever, and, and then assess there. But the I think the sporadic issue of consumers sometimes runs... Uh, a muck here where they'll buy like four things 
they'll try one one day they'll do another yeah. one another day and they're just looking for this like immediacy this 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 big boom that that hits that changes their lifestyle and the the best patients are the ones that do it over and over they they time it well with food um we, we know that having food in your stomach is really important for fat soluble versions of this stuff so you know the reproducibility um, when you're first starting is super important and staying on the exact milligram that you're trying to do. And then, and then assessing by going off of it is a great tactic to see exactly what you're losing. Really. You can, it's, sometimes it's hard to see what you're gaining until you feel your knees, uh, feel worse and your sleep is just a little bit worse or things like that. Well said. All hey, right. you, need, you need a little bit of patience. Have to. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not a magic bullet. There's nothing you have that you walk in, here you go, try this, boom, it worked, I feel better today. Uh, and so you have to give it a little bit of time to work within the system. It's so funny because no one, no one, you brought the, the, the vitamin kind of parallel, no one would pop a multivitamin <laughs> and go, I don't feel anything like an hour later. Like no one would say that. Right. But but right. with certain things, we're uh, like, how come I don't feel anything? When, when does it kick in, 15 minutes? Well, this is the hype, though. You know, you've got someone telling you, yeah. oh, my God, you should try this. I struggled with this for 10 years, and I did this, and now right. I feel better. Um, but they don't tell you, yeah, it still took me, you know, weeks to months to regulate my system back to some equilibrium phase. Uh, so everyone's impatient. Everyone wants a quick fix. And that's, you know, it's just the nature of how we live in society today in general. Um, but it's getting a good vibe. And that's, you know, it, it's a problem, but it's also a good problem to have. Yeah, and putting that information out is the way to do it, right? So now the, when, when people, you want them getting good information is what I'm saying. You want them tripping into good information. The more we know, the more good information we can put out. Jeff, you, you brought up a, um, uh, something interesting. Hey, there's something different between what you can get from Tony and what you can get from 7-Eleven. How do you educate on that, right? What is the difference between these credible cannabis, these credible CBD sources and something you get at 7-Eleven, you know, at the counter, how would you tell people, Hey, this is how you differentiate. Look for this, not this. Yeah. So I guess I have a couple of general rules to follow by, right? The first is don't, don't buy it at 7-Eleven. Okay. Got it. Nothing against 7-Eleven. I love the coffee that sits at the bottom of that pot, but that's not where I would buy my (laughs) CBD. Um, So the, the first, the real first rule is to look for a QR code. And if it doesn't have a QR code, you have absolutely no idea what's in the product. So I toss it, because, especially if you, you know, you are subjected to uh, drug testing or, yeah. you know, maybe you're on blood thinners already and it's contraindicated for what, you know, you have. But the label so, said, Jeff, it said right there, it said it's okay. That doesn't work on a drug test. That doesn't work. Who the hell would just take that? No one. You know, the general rule of thumb is you are responsible for it goes in your own body. Yeah. So you can argue all you want with the yeah. label says, but, it, you know. You know that old saying, right? When you point a finger at someone else, there's three pointing back at you, yeah. right? It comes back to good luck telling your employer this, right? So so the QR code first simple go-to, right? Second is learn how to read the QR code. So <laughs> when you see it, you know what's in it, right? Because that's really an important part of it. Uh, and then that goes to speak about what's in it and is that the, the, the um, product that you want. As Tony said earlier, how do we match your symptoms with the, the uh, product that's being sold on the market. And so knowing the QR code, knowing what's in it, matching with your your symptoms is critical. The other thing is, and Tony mentioned this earlier too, once you start seeing claims that just seem to be unreal, you know, this this fixes everything, you're going to be playing in the NFL tomorrow if you try this kind of thing, uh, just toss it. Don't even waste your time with it. 
Um, and, you know, there's always red flags, but that's a good starting point as a baseline to know this. Uh, the other thing that makes me nervous, too, is uh, sometimes even with the um, uh, COA, the certificate of analysis that comes pulled up on the QR code, you'll see something that says, uh, you know, 10% of this product is proprietary. We're not telling you what's in it. Uh, and and I, I get that from a business standpoint, but that's 10%. I don't know what I'm putting in my body either. And that makes me nervous. Yeah. And I think the other thing is like that, that C of A, you know, we, we do a full panel test of it and that's required for the state of Florida manufacturing stuff. And, you know, we just adhere to it, even if it's not required in other states, but basically that full panel gives you pesticides, heavy metals, residual solvents. And, and those are some of the dangerous pieces, Jeff, to, to, to your point from the gas station stuff, they may even have a QR code, but they only show one part of it, which is the potency, which is like how much is in there. And some of those tests are years old as well. So what we have really? to do, what we hmm. have to do is just get it by batch. So it's like every three months for a product for us, we're testing another batch of it. So we have thousands of tests on our website. So it's one of those things where you can definitely tell that like, maybe, maybe they check all the boxes. You got a great C of A and then you look at it, it's two years old and it represents all of their batches that they've made. And, and some of the issues are manufacturing based. So um, with these gas stations, when they drop their costs down, the, the other ingredients are, are more problematic than you would think. Some of these flavors um, contain harmful contaminants that we are required to screen for. And I think that's an important thing that we do. Um, I know no other industry, the vitamin industry certainly doesn't do it. And we actually run into that sometimes when we try to work with some of these groups, it's like we test their ingredients and it's filled with lead. And we're like, what's, what's up with that? Um, you know, th these are extra requirements that, um, I, I think some people think are unfair to the cannabis industry. I think of it as like consumer confidence eventually, um, should be really high at, with cannabis groups because of this testing compared to the vitamin groups that are sort of sneaking in ingredients or adding in these other things without screening them fully for, for issues, especially for like immunocompromised people. These are, these yeah. are really harmful things. So Jimmy, think about this. Think about the cannabis plant that comes out of the ground, right? Farming, it's agriculture. Right. And compared to Coffee beans, wine, beer, beer on top if you go buy at a microbrewery. The list goes on and on and on. So from a certain standpoint, what Tony's describing, the regulation, some would argue there isn't regulation. Others would argue there's a lot of regulation already as compared to other things that are out there in the market that we all use regularly. But you, I, I mean, the, the, the phrase that sticks with me is you are responsible by, for what you put in your own body. And this goes back yeah. to what people want. Like, right, oh, I have to educate myself. Well, yeah, if you're going to be ingesting this, you should probably know where it's coming from and, and, and feel confident about that. Yeah, and this, this for me comes from my work in athletics over many years and, and being involved with drug testing with athletes because 
the NCAA has this really, 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 really long band list of substances. Right. And the day, you know, when athletes bring you something and say, hey, what about this? Well, I can look it up on the list and say it's on the list or not. But if it's unclear, it really doesn't matter. You know, if you test positive, you test positive. And right. You're the one to put something in your body. Uh, and that's the same thing. You know, think about this. Uh, there's nothing foolproof. So as Tony alluded to earlier, you really can't promise anyone they're not going to test positive on a drug test. But the other thing about it is what is the drug test? What's the threshold of the drug test? So if the threshold, for example, is zero, you work for the federal government and you, you can't have anything pop in there. Uh, good luck defending that one because anything can happen. If your threshold, however, is 150 NGs per ml, which is quite a bit higher of THC, uh, you're probably going to be sick. But no one's going to go on the record and guarantee you this uh, because, you, you know, things happen. Weird things happen. Uh, and, and so it is important for people to understand, you know, what other medical conditions do they have? What other medications are they, are they on that might interact with CBD and where it binds to its receptors, for example? And are they subject to drug, to drug testing and at what threshold? So it's a little bit more complicated. This is where the educational piece becomes really, really important not just going somewhere and buying something and giving it a shot. Yeah. Your CBD store, cbdrx4u.com. That's the number four letter U, cbdrx4u.com. Um, we're going to do uh, the parting shot, and I want to make it specific. I want to make it very specific. So I'm going to give you the prompt. The prompt is the parting shot. This is your last chance for a mic drop moment, whatever you want to leave with the audience, but it needs to be about the future. You need to speculate or postulate what do you think is coming. So hang tight. Parting shot brought to you by our friends, the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Find them online at orthopt.org. Uh, which one of you wants to go first? So one of you wants to. Tony does. Tony wants to go first. <laughs> I, I definitely do. Whatever you want to leave, but make it about the future, what's coming. Because, Tony, I actually think the last time we talked, you were you were saying, hey, you're going to see more of this combining things and less specific. I think you were kind of calling that a year and a half ago. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, honestly, I think – what, what I'm proud of most at this point of, of my career and being a part of this industry and field is that this vacuum of knowledge and research is going to be something that gets solved over the next decade. And, and I think that that's inevitable. I don't see any train coming down and some magic pharmaceutical wall that just drops and all of a sudden stops this momentum that's happening. Right. I think the fact that it's a plant and agriculture can be involved, it creates jobs. Um, it, it's just a really good piece to add to your state's budget, right. <laughs> as we see all across the country, a bunch of people making a lot of tax dollars. So my guess is that over the next decade, we get some really profound um, solutions. And, and I think specifically on the idea of dosing, I think we're going to find that dosing is super impactful at much lower levels than we have any idea about. Huh. I think right now our dosing might be even a, a magnitude off, especially for like terpenes or some of these other components of the plant. I, I just think that hopefully we'll solve that over the next decade and um, we'll be happy and everyone will be <laughs> uh, using this stuff in, in its proper form and its proper amounts. So we won't have a bunch of wasted stuff and we won't have people not feeling impacted, things like that. 
that's got to be feel, feel pretty exciting, like to say or, or to feel like within the next get decade, we're going to really take some leaps here. Yeah, I, I think I think with the legislation stuff, um, just the fact that Jeff and I are even to have conversations with people at universities about research projects, it, it just wasn't even possible till the legislation allowed it to be. So um, mm. the, that vacuum, I think, will be uh, quickly filled with a lot of really good pieces of data. And I think it'll be, yeah, up to everyone's job at that point to assess and, and educate yourselves on what are the important pieces of this stuff. And that, that, that's the part that I'm excited for. All right, Jeff, your parting shot, what do you got? Yeah, I'm going to piggyback what Tony just said. He, he hit the research piece pretty good and I'll hit the educational side of it. Uh, the key is education. The more people get educated, you know, I tell, I love talking to naysayers. And so just, just give me five minutes to sit down. Let me explain to you what you missed that you weren't taught in school about the endocannabinoid system and where this is going. I'm not con- trying to persuade you or influence you, but to educate you. So we're going to test your viewers, Jimmy, if you really have a large audience on this one. My email, drjeffconan at gmail.com. Contact me. I am happy to do something for your clinic your school, your educational program, your state conference, whatever it is, because getting the educational facts out for people to understand is going to be critical to this movement. It's absolutely critical. The decision makers in universities, for example, who teach and who approve research are of a different generation that aren't yet on board with this. It's really important that we have an army of educated people to move forward so that we can do the research and find out where we are uh, in terms of moving forward with the benefits of what this can provide. Everything you were just saying there goes along with something we've talked about in a previous episode from Adam Grant, the social psychologist. He says, you don't pull, uh, uh, preach politic or prosecute. The goal is to get people to think or at least say, hmm, I didn't understand that before. And this this causes me to want to learn a little bit more about it. That's the way for change, right? At policing, uh, uh, preaching, politicking, or trying to persuade that typically digs people in. You talk about a different generation, different mindset. Getting them to change their mind really starts with them just saying, hmm, that's curious. Let me find out more about this. So I'd love to hear about people taking you up on that. I think that'd be fun. Um, Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, want to say thanks to uh, Jackson Therapy Partners, providing awesome adventures in patient care for physical therapists who care about where they're going. JacksonTherapy.com. Gentlemen, appreciate uh, you guys dropping by. Um, when you guys come back next time, I'll let you know how this episode did. And then we're going to have to have some more good information to share with people because more people clearly in the PT profession, uh, want to know about this. So Tony, Jeff, uh, thanks for coming to the show. Thanks, Jimmy. Always a pleasure. Yeah, this is great, Jimmy. Thank you. Uh, they say the best conversations happen at happy hour. Thanks for coming to ours. Like what you hear? Tell a friend or leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. The show today is brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. The Brooks IHL offers seven on-site PT residencies, including orthopedics, women's health, geriatrics, pediatrics, sports, and neurology, as well as a neurologic OT fellowship, a competitive OMPT fellowship, and a speech therapy clinical fellowship. Therapists that complete a residency or fellowship through the Brooks IHL will markedly advance their knowledge and skills in a specialty area of practice. Learn more about how a residency or fellowship can help you advance your professional development at brooksihl.org. 
our home on the internet. PTPintCast.com. Created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. Providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at BuildPT.com. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It is hosted and produced by PT Pinecast CEO Jim McKay and CBO Sky Donovan from Marymount University. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.